You ready? It's about that time. You're listening to Hoop Waves with Marlena Rodriguez. Hey everyone, welcome back Hoop Waves listeners. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are tuning back in and hope you guys are staying safe and well and all that good stuff during this crazy time. But I'm so excited that in this episode we have an NBA salary cap expert, um, a lead writer for the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. So it's exciting that he can come on and share his expertise with you guys because I feel like we can, we can never stop learning from people. So knowledge is power. But I want to welcome Eric Pincus. Did I did I say that correctly? Yep, Eric Pincus. I write for Bleach Report and Basketball Insiders, and uh, every so often do some NBA TV. Although unfortunately, we've been sort of in the shutdown here, so right. mostly I'm home, uh, like okay. the rest of us. But uh, I'm making the best of my time and happy to do the show. Awesome. Well, welcome. A round of applause for you. I always like giving that little intro um, to welcome everyone, but I'm so excited that you're here with us. Um, first of all, how are you doing? How, how are you been dealing with everything going on? Uh, not, I'm, I'd say pretty well. Uh, it's, it's a struggle, I think, for everyone uh, who's sheltered in place if you're home. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've been fortunate. My family's been fortunate that we've been healthy. And so Good. Uh, you know, I can't complain uh, about having to put on a mask or stay home uh, when there are people who are really sick and facing things far worse than we are. A little stir crazy, but other yeah. than that, I'm, I can't complain. Yeah, I know. It's like the simple things, right? Just wearing a mask can do so much and people need to realize that. Yeah, it, it's it's just a matter of consideration at this point. Even if you don't believe in it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, sign uh, of Just respect. for other people, just... Uh, Hey, respect. Exactly. Yeah. Be respectful of others. Awesome. Well, I want to jump in. So like you said, um, you're an expert in the NBA salary cap, which is very interesting because I feel like there's only a handful of people who really understand the salary cap. Usually the public and everyone who's not behind the scenes seeing all the numbers and it's not the most exciting thing sometimes. But (laughs) what made you want to become um, an expert in that field? Well, I, I started covering covering the NBA around a little bit after 2000, and okay. uh, as I and I was covering the Lakers and a little bit of the Clippers, which I still do to this day. And mm-hmm. as I started to write, and and, and I think from a, a a reader or a fan perspective, if, I, if my audiences are are fans of the team or uh, or whatever, they want to know how their team can get better, and that applies to any team in the league or any mm-hmm. team really outside of the NBA, but um, in, in our scope, how can your team get better? How, how can you improve? If you want your team to win the championship, how do you get there? And just like there are rules for how you play the game of basketball, which are fascinating, right? Like right. Uh, there's the block uh, charging call that is so difficult for refs to make. Mm-hmm. Like what constitutes a travel, you know, where the gather starts. These are debates and arguments that you, if you went on Twitter right now and and, and posted videos of someone traveling, you, you'd have major debates over whether it is or isn't because these rules are very open to sub uh, open to interpretation. And uh, as I was doing my job, I realized that there's an entire uh, continuation of all of that outside the lines of the court that uh, are played by 30 franchises, uh, 30 general managers. They have different titles, but we'll call them general managers 
and they're all playing with the same set of rules, although they have different circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team like uh, maybe the Lakers or the Knicks might have greater means financially or, or the Mavericks because their owner has more wealth or uh, or also the teams in Texas or Florida or Memphis don't have state taxes. So they have some advantages. But then, you know, playing in Miami might be more appealing to someone than playing in uh, in uh, maybe Milwaukee, although Milwaukee has Giannis, you know, yeah. so maybe that's more appealing now than it was before. Uh, but maybe they don't like the cold weather or mm-hmm. Toronto is outside of America and that might not be appealing to some, there are all these different factors that each team has, but the, the rules are more or less the same. There are some slightly different rules for the Raptors because of uh, some of, some of their, uh, because of the other country thing, there are some, a little bit different rules for them slightly, but the general rules are, are the same. And so as I was learning and and I met some great people, I met Larry Kuhn, who's really the godfather of teaching. Uh, the CBA, he has the FAQ. If you search salary cap FAQ, uh, I use that all the time as a reference. I'm close friends with Larry and I work with Larry uh, and we've been friends for a couple of decades now. And um, I just, for whatever reason, I have a an aptitude for, for that sort of thing. I understand business and mm-hmm. have life experience in business that uh, helped. And uh, the same passion that someone might put into watching a game and trying to understand uh the plays that are being executed or the individual skills of a player uh, and their, their moves right there, you know, right. step back, crossover, da, da, da. Uh, those same moves are executed in very different ways uh, by executives, right? So massive trades and great signings and restructuring yeah. and all these. So I just, I realized that was a part of the game that I was, wasn't aware of when I was just a casual fan growing mm-hmm. up in LA uh, and it was an area that I wanted to understand better. And so I just, it was my interest. I put the time in, uh, and asked a lot of questions, met a lot of people, uh, kept, I still ask questions to this day. Right. I try to be very generous with what I've learned to help others learn. Uh, and I think that I try to pay it forward that way. And so, uh, it's, it's an area I'm very passionate about. And I know it's, you know, for those who want to focus mostly on what's on the court, I yeah. get that it's not for everyone. It's not, but, um, uh, there's a, a really quite an audience. I mean, uh, it's maybe not the most popular topic in the NBA, but there's an, an audience that's pretty massive that is really hungry to understand more mm-hmm. about how the rules work. Yeah, there's like, I've noticed, like you said, there's so many factors that go on in the game, not just on the court. And from what I've seen, and I, I'm sure people doing research that want to learn more, there's programs for that now and different um, different aspects of the game that's being told or being taught from people like yourself and mentors and role models that have done this and want to put it out there for the next generation to learn and keep on growing like you said this audience so that's amazing yeah it's it's uh it's an honor to do it and uh, i help teach a class every summer unfortunately not this summer uh in las vegas called sports business classroom which is a program that teaches uh, and helps people get into the MBA industry. Uh, most of our students are college age, but that's not exclusive. We have uh, some who are lawyers and, and have great life experience and, and are mm-hmm. certainly older. Uh, and we've had a few that are straight out of high school, but mostly college age students who are fascinated by the MBA and have that passion and want to get in. Yeah. Uh, and part of that curriculum is the salary cap. And so uh, one of the majors there. So I 
that that's where my time is spent. And fortunately, it won't happen this year in the same way we usually do it, which is a, a week in Vegas mm-hmm. together. Uh, but that's you know, so this funny. is an odd time. That's so funny you bring it up because I was because you said Larry Kuhn and I actually applied for the sports business classroom this year. So I was supposed to be one of the attendees. Unfortunately, yeah, it's times have changed. But that's so funny that you brought that up. <laughs> Well, we would have spent a, a lot of time yeah. uh, in those classes. I, I spend a lot of time with the students and I have hold office hours every night. Larry holds office hours every mm-hmm. morning and we we get to know everybody and, and help them. And I keep in touch with uh, several, I mean, dozens and dozens of the students mm-hmm. through the years. Uh, I chat chatted with a bunch of them today. In fact, I had a, uh, a call today with one of my students from two years ago oh, wow. who came back as a, uh, she was an intern for us last year. Uh, okay. in the, and and then she's you know moving on to trying to get her position in in the NBA awesome. community somewhere. So it's it's um it's a it's a great program, but uh, if that's not uh, within your means, or if you know if someone listening or, or obviously is not happening this year, mm-hmm. and you want to learn more, just reach out to me via Twitter. Uh, I'm at Eric Pincus E R I C P I N C S. I'm happy to answer questions, uh, awesome. and I'm always happy to point you in the right direction. Thank you. That's I'm sure people will definitely um, take that offer. Um, so what is the key to being great at and like the salary cap expertise? Like, do you have any advice for people that are starting now or like something that you wish you would have known um, beforehand? <laughs> um, well, I don't know if it's something I wish I would have known. I mean, you just you can't know what you know until you know it. And you mm-hmm. can't get mad at yourself for, for not being aware. And, and there are a lot more things in, in this world to to. Uh, especially with some of the social issues we're going through now yeah. that are far more important. But uh, what, what I've learned and what I've, uh, what I've gotten out of it and what I've, you know, sitting down with it, it it's, it takes a certain amount of patience mm-hmm. and um, especially with like yourself, like uh, it, it's hard. And these are concepts that are not clear. They're not easy. And some of them are, and every individual rule, for the most part, it can be explained and it can be understood, but it's a lot. And it's a lot in the sense that teams get it wrong all the time. So if, if you're a young student or young to, to, the, to it, not to age, I'm not talking about age, but young in terms of right. experience, uh, there are experts who are getting paid money by teams to do this and they do it wrong and they, and they get it wrong. And like the Rockets are a great organization. They made uh, in two successive year, uh, contracts with Nene, they had issues with their contracts. One that was unintentional, one that was intentional, that they tried to sneak by the league and it didn't yeah. work. Uh, but the first one was just they misunderstood how to uh, apply the over 38 rule. And and I remember the Toronto Raptors and I think it was the Magic had a Matt Barnes sign and trade that was completely illegal. And the Knicks mm-hmm. tried to... Sign, uh, under Phil Jackson tried to sign a player for three years when they had no means to sign someone to three years. They could have signed someone for two years. So it came out the report three years and I immediately responded and I said, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. And then like within 30 minutes or so, like it, it was a new report and now it's a two-year deal. So um, my point being is that the I, I don't like, like if someone asks me, if someone reaches me out for a complex issue, mm-hmm. I don't even go by my own memory 
in some of, some of the cases are very easy. It's very obvious. If, but if it's a complex issue, I'm just I'm not going to answer it off of the top of my head. I'm going to actually do the research, even though I'm supposedly an expert or whatever. I've done this for a very long time. I'm not going to rely on my own memory right. to get it right because these things are so complicated and nuanced that it's right. What I'm saying will be right in like 95% of the cases, but there are some 5% cases that it, the rule is a little bit different, and this may happen to be that. And so if, if, if I, you can take it with that level of understanding that it's difficult and not difficult in the sense of we're doing trigonometry, it's all algebra. Right. It's nothing like, it's not advanced math. There's a few sections of like formulas that maybe are a little bit more advanced, but by and large, it's basic. It's just, it's a lot and you have to keep your ducks in a row and be clear with it all. And if someone who's been doing it their whole life professionally or, or with a team and they're getting it wrong, don't beat yourself up if it's if it's vague and confusing. Reach out to people, ask for help, find the right people who can guide you. And there are a lot of people like myself uh, who are great at it. Uh, obviously, Larry Kuhn, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bobby Marks with ESPN, formerly in the Nets. And there are other people out there who are, fantastic at it who are willing to help so reach out uh, read the document start with Larry's FAQ uh, before reading the, the the salary cap itself uh, the the collective bargaining agreement rather mm-hmm. uh, which is on the NBA Players Association website you can get it there if you want to see it with your own eyes but I wouldn't recommend starting reading it like a book don't pick up the the collective bargaining agreement and, and say okay I'm going to read it from cover to cover because you're not going to get it's too it, it's that's not just not how you read it you have to like find a topic and follow it through and, and understand a topic one by one. And if you just read it from start to finish, you're just going to get, it's like, uh, just going to get drowned in it. It's just right. not. So there's a way to learn it, but you start with Larry's FAQ and I think you're in good stead. That's really good to know. Um, um, especially for, like you said, people, I think the norm is that once you see a book, you want to read the whole thing. Right. So that's really good that, um, to point out topics and focus on those and keep building from there. So you're a lead writer. Um, Like you said, you cover the Lakers and the Clippers, a bit of both. But describe being a lead writer for the Lakers, because I think whenever you see a position and it's like a key name or key marquee company, everyone is wow about it. Um, But describe like what it's like and do you work with the team directly? Are you kind of like a fly on the wall and then you gather the information? Well, um. I work for, you know, so I work for Bleach Report. I've worked for right. the LA Times for four years, I think it was. Yeah, four years. And then before that, I worked for Hoops World, which is defunct. I still work for Basketball Insiders, mm-hmm. uh, which is what Hoops World uh, evolved into. And so when you're writing, you're, you're working for an outlet and you represent them, uh, but you also have to represent yourself and, and conduct yourself professionally, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you build relationships with the teams and that's not an easy thing to do. You have to get in the door. You have to, maybe that means that they won't let you into a game because uh, this is before you, you, when you're just getting started, Mm -hmm. you don't have a press pass, but uh, maybe you'll be able to find a way to get to a practice uh, through your outlet and uh, come to a practice. And, and yeah, it's, it's like a fly on the wall thing. I think early on as you're building your career and you're, you're a rookie in this, you're probably coming and maybe asking a few questions of the players, of the coaches, but at least when I started, I, I first year, I, I really observed 
Uh, I, I watched what the beat reporters were doing. I watched what the, the personalities that I had seen on TV or, or read in the papers were doing. You know, pre the internet existed, but not in the same way. Right. <laughs> um, and you just sort of learn from what they're doing and emulate, copy their behavior as far as, okay, you're going to let the TV camera, the person with the TV camera who works for the network that is the primary partner with the team, they're going to get the first questions in and you're mm -hmm. probably it, respectfully, you're going to let that happen. That doesn't mean that if it was, there, there's a certain point where if there was a, an issue that I needed to do for the LA times, for instance, when I was at the times, where if you have to jump ahead of the people on the cameras, you're going to do so if it's, if it's your job and right. you know if you have to break that protocol, but generally speaking, you want to work within the parameters and, and find how does this work until you get comfortable enough to start to assert your voice and, you don't want to be someone who's just a yes man or somebody who does whatever or yes woman do whatever they say. But at the same time, you also you have to understand the politics of it. Uh, you don't want to break a story that hurts your career where you're damaging relationships. If someone gives you some information and then you put them in a compromised position because they're not supposed to give you that information, uh, you have to protect your sources. You have to, so all that kind of comes with just experience uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of just like anything else to be good at. Mm -hmm. uh, but covering a team, it's just you, you're kind of on 24 seven as far as, especially if you're a beat reporter, anything that happens with the LA Times, I was writing three to five uh, blog posts a week, uh, not a week, a day. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. And then uh, once I got to Bleacher, it became more of uh, one or two. Right now it's two a week. Usually it's one a week on a team on the Lakers or Mm -hmm. And one a week on either the NBA or another team or the Clippers or whatnot. But sometimes, it, you know, it varies. But uh, you have to be able to figure out what to write about, how to write it quickly, how to write it professionally, okay. uh, how, to, how to be a professional, how yeah. to it's, – it's, it's like any, any other profession. Just take some time to learn how to do it and then to be great at it. It just takes a tremendous amount of effort and work and, and patience. Right. Well, that's really good to know. And I know that – You've been writing articles, like you said, um, but I saw that you wrote one for Bleacher Report um, about especially the NBA thinking or returning back in late July and um, those three months. If I know you wrote about if players back out of attending Orlando, but give us a bit of a summary of what your thoughts are about that. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if the players are really pushing hard to, to back out of it. I think a certain percentage are um, – considering it but i think right. it's a low number relatively speaking but i think more importantly and and i support this uh that players are using their their platform and their voice to make sure that if we are coming back that we're a part of enacting change in this country yeah. and the nba should be in the forefront uh because it's one of the few uh industries that uh happens to be uh primarily black or african-american mm -hmm. as far as talent and so uh they make under normal circumstances about $8 billion collectively. Right. So if the NBA is bringing in that kind of money and has that kind of power and that kind of audience, then it needs to be in the forefront of that. And I would say that it is, but it isn't to a satisfactory level because society is not at a satisfactory level. And right. so if we're complacent and satisfied with how things are, then we're missing the point. And so I think the players like Avery Bradley in particular, had a great message and, and had a, 
an important approach to to what needs to be done. And mm-hmm. you know, there's no one who has a full answer. Uh, right. But I, uh, if they do not return, the issue becomes uh, the NBA will cancel the season, and then there's language within the collective bargaining agreement that stipulates they can uh, end the agreement early yeah. if there's no season. And it's called force majeure. And if you, you trigger that and there's no collective bargaining agreement, now we have a lockout because there's no agreement. Without a lockout, they have to renegotiate. Next season becomes a risk. There's no guarantee that the next deal is favorable to the players. And given the environment that we're in economically and practically because of uh, the pandemic that mm-hmm. uh, the players are probably going to end up in a worse situation. So, and then if they, you know, Kyrie Irving put out there the idea, at least it was reported. It's, it's been right. debated whether or not he actually said this. Two reporters I respect said that he did. And one reporter I respect tremendously, uh, Taylor Rooks with uh, Bleach Report. Uh, she wrote that or tweeted that uh, at least it was denied by Kyrie Irving. Uh, okay. But the idea of starting their own league uh is problematic and i wrote on that and it's a it's a nice idea in theory you hear about it and you say oh that'd be great Mm -hmm. but the reality of that becomes very difficult both legally and economically it's it's uh probably not realistic not impossible yeah uh but it's not i mean you're basically asking players to to instead of getting paid 15 10 20 30 million dollars a year you basically now have to pay to play because that's what owning a business is. When you first start a business, you don't make any money. It takes a few years if you're if you're lucky for a business to be successful. So, anyway, just uh, there's some coverage on that. In my last few articles. Yeah, uh, and Bleacher. I think again, people are saying a lot of players have different perspectives of what, especially what's going on. Um, like, I think most players are like a small percentage are saying that they weren't didn't feel comfortable playing because they wanted to focus on social reform and they feel like playing ball would be a distraction and then others saying no we need to put this platform out it's the biggest eyeballs so many millions of eyeballs will be on us tell us this tell us um what we're saying so it it varies of what perspective you have i i agree and and i can't speak to what's right or wrong right you know i'm i'm not uh, african-american in this world in this country i i I can't tell someone else who's going through something I'm not how they should react and how they should behave and how they should choose to handle this. So yeah. I respect that that they did uh, come together to voice their 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 take. And I would like, uh, I can't urge them, but I would like to see that continue and, and that it doesn't become just a, a, a response to what we're going through now, but becomes part of the fabric of the NBA and beyond, right? But... Um, you know, I could say economically and from my point of view, returning makes more sense. But if your conscience as an individual says that you need to do something different, then I have to respect that and appreciate it. And money is 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 an important tool, uh, but it is not you know, the reason why I'm here. It's not the reason why I think people should be here and mm-hmm. what what we should do should not be motivated entirely by money. Obviously, it's it's part of what we do it makes you know, I have a family I have three children I want to make sure that we have what we need to be comfortable right. uh, but I'm not going to make money doing something I don't believe in and I, you know I respect anybody who is willing to take that stand how how they should and what they should do and what they'll do remains to be seen it's just it's not for me to judge right well that's very um, well said and also they put out that 
there are so many restrictions and safety restrictions. Uh, like a hundred page document came out and it's rightfully so because we've never experienced or gone through anything like this. So I, I assume that they're putting every um, safe haven into that document for they have um, the correct correct um, mindset going through this. But players and um, certain media and um, staff of team will have to be, they said, like in a bubble, three months inside a bubble um, was said. So what is I, – I know I saw um, – uh, a player, I, I I can't recall which one, but they were saying to their agent, like, will we be able to order food outside, which is kind of funny because everything that's going on, they want to make sure that they get food from rather than just like a buffet. But would you be willing to attend? Um, I know that you're a writer. Would you be willing to stay in that bubble for three months? I mean, under the right circumstances, I would consider it. I, I don't know what... Um, Bleacher Report is going to do. I, from what I understand, the challenge is, is that uh, there, there's going to be a certain re- regimen of testing right. uh, that is required. And everything put together is going to have to be paid for by the publisher, not by the NBA. There's a certain amount the NBA will will take on, but really it's the the burden of that falls on the publisher. So they're going to have to be very select. If it, if it costs $100,000 to house a a reporter in that, then uh, that's not going to be for every outlet. And mm-hmm. if Bleach Report, if they're going to put someone in that bubble, I don't know if that's going to be me, if that's going to be someone else. You know, we haven't had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Howard Beck is our top NBA writer. He's He was there when I first got started. Uh, with Actually, he was you know in LA, not with Bleach Report, but he, he's been writing forever. And if he was the one who got that opportunity, I'd be thrilled. I, I don't, I'd have to talk to my wife and my yeah. children and would I want to do that and be away for three months? And being that my expertise is less on the game and more on the business of the NBA, I don't know if I'm the guy that that needs to be in that bubble, but I would certainly consider it. Okay. And also, I believe um, a lot of people are saying rightfully so that the game is being reinvented. Like I said, we've never experienced this pandemic or this whole thing happening in the world, this 2020 year. Um, what do you see it being in the future? Well, the, it sounds like the league is going to push back to get on a normal schedule. Uh, we're not going to finish this season until uh, really October. Yeah. And so that would mean that the next season starts late. And then do you then compact next season with back-to-backs and, and three games and four? All, all the things that the league ha- has really worked hard to avoid because that puts more stress on the players' bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and leads to more injuries. Uh, so from what I understand, they're trying to push back and get it onto a normal calendar level. And and I would argue that maybe it's worth considering changing the NBA schedule so that it does finish later and, and over the summer. But there's a lot of – there are several economic interests at, at, at play here. The broadcast networks have a say. Uh, there are summer league contracts. There There are – so many factors, you know, including what the CBA stipulates, and they, they can change that. The league and the players together can change that. Uh, I'm not sure they're ready to make wholesale change when they're mostly focused on just resuming. They're just trying to get through this, let alone plan out some future. So it, it's it, it, we're learning things. I think when we go back to life as an some sort of normal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of the home, I do think 
that some companies outside of basketball will uh, stick to a certain amount of home commuting and, and uh, you know, people working from home and right. doing Zooms. And there, there are ways that the world will never be the same. Uh, and, and some, you know, hopefully it'll be better in the end, but uh, things tend to go better and worse in some ways or yeah. another. Um, but I think NBA, the NBA will adjust to it as well. I don't think there's going to be massive wholesale change, but it will, you know, they have to navigate the salary cap and the loss of income that is going on this year. But really, mm-hmm. if there's no fans in the seats to start next year, because maybe fans can't go to games until there's a vaccine widely uh, distributed, that could mean that if the NBA was an $8 billion industry, that maybe next year they're a $4.8 billion industry and they have to absorb that kind of decrease in income, that's going to be a complex issue. So there could be long-term ramifications for the salary cap and how uh, teams are able to build themselves for the next year or two or three or four even until this is fully thought through and resolved. Yeah, that's, again, well said because arguably like the NBA is one of either the best like top league that um is with bat within basketball and so I-, I know i understand like the WNBA and certain tournaments are coming back out so I'm- i'd love to see if they would pick um like some ideas that they're doing and see how that it would transfer to their game but again everything is a different market so it'll be interesting to see absolutely and adam silver is very progressive and open-minded as a leader right. for the nba not just to do things because this is tradition uh, be open to other ideas, but mm-hmm. that you can be open to them. But Adam Silver only has so much power because right. you have 30 different teams with ownership stakes and 30 different opinions on how things should be and getting uh, you know consensus and then getting that consensus to apply and be agreed to with the players who are in numbering in the neighborhood of 500 in the union, give or take 450 to 500. And then you also have to have your networks and your broadcast partners and your venues, all the arenas, and get everyone on the same page. You can just just from what I just said here, it sounds massive, and I'm sure I'm forgetting and or just leaving out different aspects of it. And you can imagine how hard it is to institute concrete change when you yeah. have so many different people with so much to say and so much economic power in these decisions. Yeah, totally. Well, that's all I have. But Eric, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your knowledge and um hopefully when this is all said and done we can um, maybe see you in vegas next year hopefully or see where that goes for the um nba summer league and again guys he's um if you haven't heard of a sports business classroom i believe i've done research on it before i've talked to many of my peers that have done it it's a great program for getting to learn from eric such as himself but also larry coon and great other um department or fields that you're interested in so i would definitely look into that and eric i'm so happy that you joined us and i hope you and your family are do um well within the rest of this year and like everyone uh, he said if you're looking to pursue this expertise within the salary cap um feel free to go to i believe you said larry coon faq correct just look up salary cap FAQ or Larry okay. Coon and you'll find it. There you go. Well, Eric, um, I know you said that you have a Twitter that if anyone wants to um, speak to you or get advice from, do you mind saying that again? Sure. It's Eric, E-R-I-C, Pincus, P-I-N-C-U-S. 
you can find me on Bleach Report or Basketball Insiders. And I have a podcast called Hollywood Hoops. It's Hollywood underscore hoops. We record every Tuesday. Awesome. Publishes Tuesday nights or sometimes Wednesday mornings. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And I appreciate you pulling me on. Yeah. Well, hopefully again, like I said, see you in the near future, face to face, and um I'll see you within the industry. <laughs> All right. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Right. Okay, guys, you're listening to Hoop Waves Podcast. And again, stay safe out there. I hope this was an intelligent discussion that you t- that you took in. And again, um, more episodes like this to come. Stay safe out there. Bye, guys.